You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning. I'm Ashley Winch from Kansas City, Missouri, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for Monday, October 9th, episode 3281, brought to you by Worm Flooring. Good morning, Horse World. This week, you'll notice it's just me here. Glenn and Jamie are off enjoying some very well-deserved time out of the office, so we're going to be revisiting some of our favorite Hit'em episodes. We're tuning into episode 1615 when Kelly Hyatt tells us about the Virginia Range Sanctuary and how it helps Mustangs, and Horse Nation stops by to share some equine-inspired sarcasm. But first, a word from our title sponsor, Worm Flooring. We eliminate rubber mats. Are you tired of dealing with nasty, heavy rubber mats? Are you looking for a more durable and easy-to-clean flooring solution for your trailer, barn, or other commercial or residential space? Look no further than worm flooring systems. Worm flooring systems are non-porous, slip-resistant, cushioned, textured, safe, and seamless. They are also extremely durable and can be driven on with heavy machinery. Worm flooring systems help reduce shock and fatigue, insulate trailers, and reduce road noise. Visit wormflooring, W-E-R-M, flooring.com to learn more about the worm flooring systems and find a dealer near you. It wouldn't be Monday without a word from our friends at Purina. The PhD equine nutritionists at Purina Animal Nutrition tackle problems using science, and their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right. Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating. Even when it takes years of research, they don't stop until it's right. They are dedicated to the scientific method, but it can't capture the feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horses live their best lives. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. Well, good Monday morning. We're still here, and I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. I'm Jamie Jennings from Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January, uh, what's the date today, 23rd, episode 1615, brought to you by Omega Alpha Equine. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're still here. We survived the storms uh, yesterday and last night. Uh, Unfortunately, boy, a lot of your your fellow where you grew up, your your home state, did not do so well. Yeah, Uh, I know it's really uh, crazy. The tornadoes and and the emotions in Atlanta and Georgia between 
the unbelievable tornadoes and then the Atlanta Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. So between those two things. Well, there was basically a tornado in the state and a tornado in the stadium because uh, <laughs> it was pretty much a wipeout. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Can I just can I just say that I do own two Atlanta Falcons jerseys and I will be wearing them. Actually, I told Chad he had to wear the other one. <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, both of those games were pretty much snooze fests yesterday. Uh, but we do want to snooze send- fest for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they were not close. Let's put it that way. I texted my my brother's a season ticket holder, and I texted him, and I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" I was like, "This game is unbelievable," and he wrote back. All he wrote back was hashtag drunk. <laughs> like, plenty go, of time. <laughs> you didn't have to worry about going out to get a beer and missing something well uh we do want to give our best to everybody in uh georgia mississippi and all the southern states who were hit by those storms yesterday it was actually here worse than the hurricane that last hurricane that went through where we lost our power for a while just because it was so windy uh, and and there were mm. tornado warnings all above us and below us and and i think there were some that went through florida as well uh one of the one of the things that kept showing over and over again, the video packages that kept showing on the Weather Channel, was of this place. I don't know if it was a carriage dealer or what, but there were all of these horse carriages, and some were upside down, some were broken. I, I don't know if it was a carriage dealer or what, but uh, there's going to be a sale on carriages here shortly. But there are a lot of people that lost their lives, too, so... Uh. Our thoughts and prayers are with them, and uh, we have some cleanup to do around here. Half the barn roof, the tin on the barn roof, all peeled back yesterday on about on, on the one half. So that was banging and crashing around. Uh, so does that mean you're going to be like up on the roof nailing it back me. down, or does that mean Jennifer is going to be <laughs> in a, Texas when, <laughs> riding when Nigel spooks? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that means a landlord will be fixing the roof and Jennifer will be in Texas. That's what that means. <laughs> but it was a noisy day yesterday. It's supposed to be 49 oh, wow. hour winds again today. So fun, fun in the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer, what is coming up on today's show? Coming up on today's Omega Alpha Equine Monday edition, we're going to stop at the intersection of Motorheads and Muskang Adoption with Kelly Hyatt, who's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Virginia herd. And after the break, the wacky world of Horse Nation has the latest in equine-inspired sarcasm. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, my daily winnie goes out to Laura Graves, the dressage rider, who's been on the Dressage Radio Show several times. She was chosen by the USET Foundation as the recipient of the 2017 Whitney Stone Cup, which is kind of like the Athlete of the Year. It's based on annually to an active competitor who displays consistent excellence in international competition and high standards of sportsmanlike conduct while serving as an ambassador for the United States. And of course, she went to the Olympics uh, was part of the dressage team at the Olympics with uh, uh, with is it how, I never I always say this wrong Verdades how do I say that I don't know I sounds don't good either. 
sounds good. But uh, so, and of course, she was uh, fourth at the World Cup in Vegas in 2015. So she did very well over the last couple of years and has kind of been a highlight. To give you an idea, last year was Philip Dutton, the year before Chester Weber. So BZ Madden, lots of big names on that list. Uh, so congratulations to her. Dressage was represented uh, over the weekend at the USET. All right, your turn. Maybe. <laughs> you almost need Chili's Winnie in this one. Because my daily Winnie goes out to my dear, sweet, loving paint horse, Chili. He's a, he's a great Wait lesson a horse. <laughs> That's him. And I can hear him right now because he's currently living about three houses down where Pink is because we had so much rain. And with the large bandage that he's wearing, I couldn't have him in the stalls getting all muddy. <sighs> because Chili went on, I call it the $350 trail ride. Yes, <laughs> the $350 trail ride. So on um, Saturday, I had some girls out, and there's a little girl that leases Chili. And I was on Zeus, and <clears throat> my girlfriend Rhonda was riding Thor. And little Bethany was on Chili. And we went for a little trail ride, but... You know, Chili can't go the miles and miles. So we ended up kind of cutting it short and making our way home. And the shortest distance between two points was just walking past four houses. Instead of going all the way around behind them, we just decided to walk past four houses. Well, there's a car coming. So we just kind of move off to the side of the road into somebody's driveway. Well, as um, we are coming back, Getting out of the driveway, going back out onto the road. Again, four houses. Daddy's at work. Okay, there's my phone. <laughs> Good morning. Um, and so I take Thor, uh, I take Zeus, and I walk out the driveway, and I make a right. And then Thor goes out the driveway and makes a right. And Chili decides that he doesn't want to go out the driveway and make a right shortest distance. He just goes off the edge of the driveway. Unfortunately, underneath that driveway is like a metal culvert. Ugh. And uh, Chili decides to step on the edge of the metal culvert, which then collapses and uh -huh. uh, slices his leg open. Like... Like blood is squirting. It takes two. It's two seconds. He, he he steps off of it and it's muddy. So he like almost falls. His little rider is hanging on for dear life and hops up. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. And I was like, oh, God. And Rhonda goes, oh, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> that's a lot of blood. Well, fortunately, he he sliced his leg open on the front of his cannon bone. And where the front of the cannon bone is, uh, there's a, a tendon that runs down the front of the cannon bone. And that actually did not get lacerated. He sliced maybe a sixteenth of an inch to the right of it and nicked an art, uh, a, a vessel, not an artery. So blood is shooting down and we still have like half a mile to go. <laughs> so, of course, I hop off. I grab my shirt that's around my waist. I tie it around his leg and we walk chilly all the way home. On the way home, I'm calling. You guys know who I'm calling, <laughs> Dr. Hendricks, Dr. Hendricks, I need you. And so I, before I stuck the tourniquet thing or put the, the wrap around his leg, I stuck my finger 
in the wound of and it, of course because that's what we do <laughs> that's what just to do. see how deep it is and i oh oh god oh god that's bone oh god that's bone that's that i just touched chili's bone <laughs> and so um Dr. Hendricks was at the house by the time we met her. We got home. Where does and she live she, in your neighborhood? She's really close. It's <laughs> awesome. And she was actually on the way home with her family from dinner on Saturday uh, night. Of course, I'm like, of hey, course she was. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night, woo, six o'clock. Come stitch up my horse. So she made her way out and stitched him up. And the $350 trail ride was over. <laughs> Do you want me to just start sending your paycheck directly to Desert Edge Equine? Because you darn might as well. I mean, my God, it's like you just cut out the middleman. You would never have a credit. (laughs) No, I would never. And of course, I still owed her for the whole pink thing. And so I said, I said, I said, now I owe you four hundred for the the baby exam and all the antibiotics and all that stuff for the full exam. And she's like, I said, so how much is this one? She was like, well, Jamie. I don't write bills on Saturday nights. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, give me, give me an estimate. I don't think you were supposed to uh, say that out loud. Uh, on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, ah, it's about three fifty. I was like, okay, well here, let me pay you for the past one. <laughs> so <clears throat> there we go. $350 trail ride. Uh, Hope it was fun, Bethany. Just to come out and stitch <laughs> up a wound. I did see the picture and it did look like there was a lot of blood. Oh, because of course, then you have to do a selfie. And we were laughing in the picture because I'm taking a selfie of I'm holding the camera out. And Chili is, of course, stone cold drunk at this point. And his nose is down and his bloody leg is right behind. She's gloved up. And I'm like, hey, selfie time. <laughs> it's like, let me see if I can get the horse, the blood, the vet and me all in the picture at the same time. So uh, good. Good times. Good times. We should post that, Jennifer that picture on the horses in the morning Facebook page. Uh, yeah. Good times. Well, there was something else that happened over the weekend. I totally forgot about till I was looking at the news this morning. And it's because there's a reason that we didn't talk about it. It's because it was obvious, like totally obvious. The eclipse awards happened over the weekend and congratulations. Of course, we all knew horse of the year went to none other then California Chrome. That's right. California Chrome took home Horse of the Year awards, and he also took home Older Dirt Male award as well. So he ended up with two Eclipse awards. Older Dirt Female went to, oh, God, the princess, the queen, Beholder. Uh, <clears throat> she actually should Are be Are you so happy your Beholder shortly. finally got an, got an award and is acknowledged? Uh, she, this is her third Eclipse Award. Thank you very yeah, much. I, and uh, you've you've always acted like Beholder is is the se- has been second fiddle to everybody. Well, she has been. She had a little bit of a tough. She kind of like California Chrome. She had one kind of off year, and then has come back last year and was just amazing. She did lose by a nose to California Chrome, but whatever. We're not going to talk about that because it was Chrome. Uh, three-year-old male of the year went to Arrowgate, who we will see in the Pegasus World Cup. Who beat three-year-old- California Chrome, right? Arrogate at one, Again, one we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Just bring it up. It's a good rematch. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. Pegasus World Cup is going to be a good rematch. And then uh, three-year-old Philly went to Beholder's Rival of the Year to Songbird. Two-year-old male went to, and I love this because the horse's name is Classic Empire. And I thought, mm, like Royal Empire, but uh, Classic close, Empire. Close, yeah. Uh, Champagne Room got two-year-old Philly of the Year and... That's a that's good name a too. Champagne room. Yeah. No sex in the champagne room. Uh then 
uh, lots of jockey went to Javier Castellano, and then trainer Did you went to just Chad make Brown. a strip club joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a minute. <laughs> Owner Judd Mott, Breeder Windstar, Steeplechase Ronak, Teppen went to Female Turf Horse, Flintshire was the Male Turf Horse of the Year, Female Sprinter, Finest City, and Male Sprinter Drafong was it. so that that wraps up the eclipse award so look like a fun night of the equine oscars if you will so that was the fourth also consecutive for javier castellano right oh gosh job. i don't even know yeah, they might as well just leave him time. on the stage yeah it was his fourth <laughs> time i think and uh uh he got 59 percent of the vote and guess who came in second in the voting uh, the guy who always comes in second? Mike Smith, yep. <laughs> <laughs> See? <You got> it. <laughs> I'm not the only one making this stuff up. You were ready. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even know. I just guessed. <laughs> Straight, stone-cold guess. Well, you did a good job. That was a good guess. <laughs> well, Jennifer... Now, Jennifer, yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask Jennifer. She did what, what we all appreciate is she volunteered at a horse trial over the weekend. I did. I uh, I headed on out to Exmoor Eventing, which is about a half an hour north of us here in Ocala, the uh, Daisy and Richard Trayford's place. And it's the first time I had ever been up there. And it what a lovely place! Oh my gosh, just mile after mile after mile of rolling hills and fantastic turf. And they had a a bumper crop of entries, so she was she was gleaning help wherever she could find it. And I got assigned to the stadium jumping. And I got to be the uh, warm-up steward. So I spent the entire day screaming at the top of my lungs for people to get the heck over to the end gate. 57! <laughs> 57, you have one yeah. minute! Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I did all day long. Yeah. In the 30-mile-an-hour so winds. In 30-mile-an-hour winds. At the beginning of every division, of course, everybody comes running up to you. Put my number in! Put my number in! I need to go because I have to be back at, at cross-country in five minutes! And then when you get to their number, you scream it. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the thankless job of the Engate steward. <sighs> yes. It was a little bit like herding cats all day long, but it was a blast. And there were so many nice folks there and lots of big smiles. And Daisy hands out um, clear round ribbons. So everybody who got a clear round gets to choose a ribbon and they come in all kinds of really cool and exotic and weird colors. So people were picking out colors that match their, their eventing color, colors and it was it was well, big that's cool idea. Yeah. Well, now were these clear round ribbons kind of like participation trophies for kids? Like, here you go. I have an old box of all my old ribbons. <laughs> they're cool colors because they're sun bleached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been sitting around for ten years. Well, no, she, she. They're they're just the little tiny tiny ones like you used to get in. Uh, Track and field day in elementary school. Oh, yeah. Swim meets. And she intentionally orders them in all kinds of crazy colors so that people can pick out ones that match. And it was That's so cool. funny because we have grown adults all giggly because they got their crazy off the track thoroughbred to jump over eight two foot fences in a row without killing themselves or the horse. And they're they're rifling through this giant box of ribbons trying to find one in just the right shade of teal to match their <laughs> man. Oh, I love it. <laughs> So now, it, did you uh, awesome. was, it, did anybody yeah. did, was there lots of popping was there lots of vests going off i was in stadium jumping so i didn't have as many pops but we did have a few a few um air vests pop um a lot of rails hitting the ground and boy those are heavy rails 
the ground shook when those buggers hit. Um, but the, the most common theme was, um, oh my gosh, my boots have slipped off. Oh my gosh, I've got the wrong boots on my horse. Oh my gosh, I forgot my number. Yeah, a lot of those. Welcome yeah. to lower level. Not too many entry. falls. I was really <laughs> impressed with the, yeah, I was impressed with the level of, of sensible riding. There was, there, because you know how it is when you watch the lower levels, there's so many train wrecks waiting to happen. Um, really, a, a bumper crop. They were all being very sensible and riding smart. You see, uh, you say that, but wrecks. it's because when the p- riders fall off, the horses run back to the barn, not to stadium jumping. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she didn't see all the good ones. She didn't see <laughs> any of it. Tell her. Yeah. Now, ask, see if Jamie's ever heard this. Tell her how they did the judging on cross country. Yes, I, I've never seen this before. In order to conserve volunteers, because this place is ginormous, we're talking, you know, 300 acres and it's all spread out. Um, instead of having a jump judge at every cross country jump, they have what they call chasers on quad bikes. And each oh, chaser sounds like my goes out nightmare. with a rider and he. Yeah. Can you imagine? And they follow the, that horse around the course and they judge it as they go around and they have two or three chasers, depending on how close together they run each rider. I, Cause she kept talking about, Oh, we need another chaser. We're getting backed up on, on cross country or, you know, where's chaser. So-and-so I'm going, what the hell are chasers? And finally about halfway through the day, I said, um, excuse me, I'm a little out of the loop. What's a chaser. <laughs> I would be like, and you know, for a school event, that makes sense. So you have a four wheeler following you around the course. (laughs) I'd be like, you know what? Let me just, I'll just be honest with you. If I, if I have a stop, I'll just be honest. (laughs) Just don't follow me. (laughs) Just please just stay back here. I'll let you know if I, if I have a run out before. No, I've never heard of that. That's amazing. And 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 it right behind the, you know, let's be sensible here. They were, they were easily 25 yards behind the horse. That'd be enough. <laughs> that, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, and one of the other things I thought was cool is she said, then the, the rider's trainer or coach can sit in the quad bike and go along ah. Ah. for folks who need a little babysitting or it's like, Oh, things might go wrong or they're just curious and they want to watch the round. So that was kind of cool. Huh. Well, that's neat for the lower level. Uh, you'd probably enjoyed like that. If you were following one of your students around, that would be good. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's challenging. That's cool though, because you, then you don't have to have a volunteer sitting at every, every jump, jump, right. Or two or three. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise you'd have 35 volunteers out there, you know, and it's nice because then the day after the show, they open all the facilities back up again and you can come out and pay a very nominal fee and school, whatever you want. You can do that because they leave everything up. All the dressage arenas are up and all the flags are still up. Um, and then to add extra bonuses for living here in Ocala, go Ocala. Yay. You can just call them on the phone in the morning and say, Hey, we're going to be out this afternoon at three o'clock to school in the cross country course. And they say, okay, leave a check at the office. Come on out anytime you want. It's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations. And, and if you get a chance, Jennifer, post a picture of the one picture of you yep. after that. <laughs> she took a picture. She came home and she was black. From head to toe, just black, covered in dirt, uh, from standing in the in the warm up ring all day in the thirty mile an hour winds, just covered in dirt. Nothing sexier than a girl with a dirt mustache. Yep, she did. She was mm. somebody took mm. a picture of her. Mm. It was bad. 
Well, we also uh, had an opportunity yesterday during the windstorm to head out and see the movie Hidden Figures. And that's the movie <sighs> about the three women, the three African-American women who were... Uh, who worked for NASA in the early days of the space program. And we're talking 1961 during Kennedy. One of these time. stories that like, you can't believe you didn't learn about. Exactly. School. And we came out saying that exact same thing. This is an incredible story. And I'm not giving anything away here. It's history. It's, it, you know, but, the actresses in this, the three main characters, uh, Taraji Henson, uh, if you ever watch Person of Interest, she was the African-American cop that got killed in Person of Interest. She was terrific. She was really good. She was kind of the main character. She played Katherine Johnson. And then Octavia Spencer, you've seen her. She's a character actor, been in a bunch of stuff. She played mm-hmm. Dorothy Vaughn. And then Janelle Monet, who's a singer, who has been in a bunch of stuff. Probably some, a couple of the movies I, I saw that said oh jamie's probably seen that um she played the other main character so there's these three characters kevin costner plays the the uh, boss at nasa uh, and who kind of you love and hate both kevin costner and in kirsten dunst, i love him yeah kirsten dunst was in it too but she kind of had a secondary role she was playing uh, you know kind of the secretary type who was just I don't know. I, I thought her character was kind of mixed up. And then Jim Parsons was in it from Big Bang Theory, and he was he was the uh, intolerant, uh, evil boss. So he was playing kind of a different character in this one. He was playing kind of the bad guy. Wow. But it was, um, it was a very good movie. This is one of the few movies that we've seen in the last 10 years where everybody cheered and clapped at the end. Really? Yes. And when's the last time you've gone to a movie where that's happened? Just everybody clapping. Uh, it was that kind of movie. It was very well done. And I did do some research, and you should do the same when you go see it. I wanted to see, and I'm only bringing this up because I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I want you not to have to go through what I did. The whole way through the movie, I kept saying to myself, how much of this is true and how much of this is just made up? Because, you know, that's what we do now when we right. go to movies. Well, right. I can tell you... I'm going to save you the effort. When you go to the movie, almost everything about them and their experiences and what they accomplished in the movie is what happened in real life. Wow. Now, the Kevin Costner character kind of made up. There were apparently several bosses, and they just couldn't put them all into the movie, so they just combined them into one. What he did, though, was what all these bosses did. So they took some poetic license there, but pretty much everything in the movie is what these women did. Um. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to ruin any more of that. I just want you to sit through the movie and and not be thinking, I wonder if this really... It did. The really cool part of this movie, and I think Jennifer will agree, is is there was everything from little kids in this movie all the way watching, all the way up to... Uh, you know, 80-year-olds. And there were a lot really? of seniors. And those seniors lived through this. I was just born the year this was happening, so I, I don't remember anything about this. But they really did a good job of showing the old footage. And when you watch this movie, you're going to... Ju- it will just hit you again, because you're old enough to know this, to, to remember. It will hit you again how far we have come in technology and what kind of band-aids and things they were using back then. And they got somebody they into got to space. the movie on duct tape and chewing gum. Really? I, I mean, the, you know, the rivets were popping out because they couldn't figure out how to put them in right. I mean, this was, this was, we have come so far, so far, <laughs> with technology. It's, it's unbelievable that in the 60s, we 
put people on the moon. I mean, that's in, that's incredible. All of that, incredible. all of this to get John Glenn into space. And again, I'm not giving it away. It's history. And this part people know about. He was first one in space. All of his, the calculations to get him up there and get him down were done by hand. There were no computers. They were done. Wow. This woman did a most of them. It's just that's amazing. Incredible. Just amazing. And it will make you, if if you have kids that don't know what it was like pre-cell phone or pre-computer, bring them to this and they'll get a good idea what, it, what really? the first computer looks like because they show you that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. That's Matt amazing. Cool again. Yeah, yeah. It was a very good movie. Well done. Full bail. Well, it's on certainly one. won its share of Golden Globe Awards and I'm sure it's going to win some Oscars as well, so... You know, it's good. But again, that's one of those when I when I saw the preview, I was like, this happened. I know this actually happened. Exactly. And we don't know about it. And you're like, going to walk out of it saying that even more. You're going to walk out of it just saying, I, I, I can't believe I didn't hear about this. What are they teaching the damn kids in school these days? <laughs> just I, we we did the same thing. We we just walked out going, oh, this should these people. There would have been no space program without without these three women. Is what it comes wow. down to. Incredible. Well, and it was apparently a whole a whole section of NASA there. It wasn't yes. just the three of them. There was like thirty or forty. Yeah, the computers. That's the uh, they were called computer. the computers, and it was pre computers, but they were called the computers because they were math wizards and they were all African American women. They actually computed. Yes. <laughs> and when you see, apparently, and I did read this, you're going to see her drawing, on, or a lot of them, drawing on the chalkboards, all the formulas, which are just like something out of bizarre math. And you're going to see them drawing. Apparently, those chalkboards were accurate. They wow. made sure that the formulas that they were drawing on the chalkboards were accurate. And I'm going... I didn't understand one sentence of it. Yeah, but my husband would probably be like, "Mm, that's not how you do that math problem. (laughs) True. He's got that mind. Yeah. Yeah. He would enjoy (laughs) this movie, I think. I think. Yeah, we we definitely want to go see it. We've talked about it. You know, that whole three year old. Uh, let me just tell you, I have seen Moana and I've seen Sing. So <laughs> I've got the Pixar movies and the cartoons covered on the show. <laughs> you get to go see these. I get to see I the adult. I don't, see. yeah, don't bring your child to this. He'll get bored to death. But it was yeah. a good movie. <laughs> hey, one other thing before we get to our first guest, I wanted to bring up on a serious note is that my interview of the week from last week here on the Horse Radio Network is. The United States Hunter Jumper Association president, Mary Babick, was on the Plaidcast over the weekend, episode number three. And it's now on your Horse Radio Network app. It's also on iTunes. You can find the Plaidcast anywhere. It's called The Plaidcast or on the Horse Radio Network website. But she was on there. And I don't know if you've been reading about there were a couple of uh, jumper trainers and hunter trainers suspended for drug violations and all kinds of stuff. And and there's been a lot of controversy going on right now in the hunter jumper world about that. This was the most candid interview I've heard of somebody in charge of an association of that size of the hunter jumper association, which got to be one of the biggest ones, right? Uh, it covers two of the biggest, biggest sports for, for, uh, for the English discipline. And she was extremely honest. She, I mean, what she was talking about, the problems with the Hunter Jumper Association, you'll love the story of how some dressage, some people from the dressage side called her out and said, look, we're cleaning up roll curve. We're doing our part in the dressage. What are you doing over on jumping? 
Mm-hmm. And she was extremely candid about the, how the problems with the trainers and the trainers have to get their act together. We need to fix this sport. It was, I was about falling off my seat. So um, if you want to hear a candid discussion about the issues that are going on by the president of the association, then head over and listen to, to the podcast episode three. And Jamie, I think you'd find it interesting too, because I've just never heard that that candid talk by somebody who really, when you got done, you went, this woman's going to clean this place up. Um, she was talking about the problems with the stewards, just everything. I mean, and didn't hold back. I Again, in the 60, what, 6,200 interviews we've done, I've never heard an interview like this on, on our wow. network. So go go listen to the podcast. I think you're going to be impressed with this lady, and I hope she can accomplish everything she wants to. She was extremely candid. Uh, that That's out now, episode three. So Very let's cool. talk a little bit about Omega Alpha. All right. Well, Omega Alpha Equine is our dear friends and the a supplement company that you just really need to be involved with because all of their products, speaking of keeping things clean, Glenn, they don't, these products are herbal and natural and they don't test, which means they're not chemicals and they're not toxins and they're not poisons. And they're not, they're just natural herbal supplements that you can give your horse for any a myriad of problems, if you will. And what I like this time of year is a product called Healthy Horse. And it is basically an all-around immune booster. It's, if you go to Omega Alpha Equine in the immunity section, there's Immune Plus and there's Healthy Horse. And I recommend this time of year, if you want to boost your horse's immune system, because how many of us have colds and fevers and flu bugs and all sorts of mess? Check out the Immune Plus and the Healthy Horse. Immune Plus has uh, uh, the Immune Plus is kind of like some general immune boosters. Healthy Horse kind of covers the entire horse lungs and heart and blood and stomach, and they kind of do a little bit of everything. So this time of year or at least springtime when you're starting to get your horse ready for competition and or competing and or just springtime allergies that you have, you know, anything that you may have to face kind of at, at this time of year or springtime, check out Healthy Horse. You can find it at OmegaAlphaEquine.com. Also, on a side note, um, Pink, my dear sweet baby mama, is on some some Omega Alpha Equine products as well for various various things that I thought my baby needs this, and so you know what? Currently, Pink is getting Biotic Eight because I think that it's got to pass through the milk, right? I mean, anything I give her is going to get to the baby. So I trust Healthy, I trust Omega Alpha Equine, I trust Healthy Horse, I trust all those products because they are I'm I'm comfortable putting them in my baby mama. Because all that stuff just goes right through the milk. Very good. Very cool. And it's OmegaAlphaEquine.com. And they also have dog products, by the way. Yes. Just they so do. you know. Yeah. And like, if you live in Canada, they have people products, too. <laughs> well, you can check out. They have the, uh, like, for canine athletes, they have hyaluronic acid that's oral, so the dogs can just drink it, and they absorb that so well. Glucosapet is another one. Again, all of those are on Omega Alpha equine.com and you can just follow the links very good well your guest is ready 
All right. Well, fantastic. We have, we welcome our first guest. Her name is Kelly Hyatt, and she is going to talk to us about the horses at the Virginia Range Sanctuary. Now, what I was informed about this morning is the Virginia Range Sanctuary is not in Virginia, just for those who were a little confused. It's actually a place in Nevada. You can check it out at vrsanctuary.org. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you uh, for helping out the Mustangs. Talk to us a little bit about your involvement with the Mustangs. Uh, Well, I live in Reno, Nevada, and I've lived uh, at the bottom of uh, the Virginia foothills. But uh, the the Virginia Range is actually a place. It's a mountain range uh, on the east side of Reno. And the Virginia Range is home to about 2,000 to 2,500 Mustangs. And um, I live at the bottom of the hill. I've lived here for about since 1982, and I always saw the horses, and I was like, oh, that's so neat. They, they come in my yard, and that's so cool. And surely someone helps take care of them. And then one day I, was, uh, I went on vacation in 2012, and I came back, and my favorite black stallion and his whole family were missing. And I was like, what's going on? So I saw a flyer for a meeting uh, of Hidden Valley Wild Horse Protection Fund, and I went to the meeting, and I found out that the horses had been rounded up. Um, and basically, the, I learned a whole lot of stuff in a short amount of time. Now, it's four years later, and I found out that the Virginia Range horses, even though they are the ones that Wild Horse Annie originally started fighting for back in the 1950s, when the 1971 Wild Horse and Burrow Act was passed, because the Virginia Range, which is about 280,000 uh, acres of mountain range between Carson City, Fernley and Reno uh, was private property, so therefore the BLM did not uh, designate that as a herd management area. And so any horses that were on that range were considered feral. And if they would get rounded up, they don't have the protection of the Wild Horse and Burrow Act. They don't go to long-term or short-term holding pens. They would just get taken directly to slaughter. So that, of course, devastated me, and um, it pretty much changed my life. Um, I started getting involved with some of the local groups around here. There are several groups around here that are local, um, and we, uh, I, uh, we were instrumental in getting our law changed to where if they do pick up our horses now, they do offer them to local advocates first, uh, and if we're able to get them adopted out, then they bypass the slaughter auction and they get into good homes. Now, as a person that has two Mustangs that came from right around Reno, uh, I both my guys came from Northern Nevada Correctional Center, so I've been up in your mm-hmm. area. It is amazing how many wild horses there are. And when I started reading about these Virginia Range horses, I live in Arizona, and we also have a quote, feral herd that that doesn't have protection called the Salt River Wild Horses. So mm-hmm. you guys have been... Uh-huh. In- which they haven't started rounding up, thank goodness. Um, but you guys have done some things, and I, I guess I just want to explain to everybody, what what are you guys doing? Like, how did you get the laws to change? How did you get through to them? Well, uh, basically what happened is when the horses, uh, they started rounding up horses in 2012, uh, and they hadn't done it in a really long time, 
and they were rounding up a lot of horses all over the range and a lot of them here in the East uh, Reno area because of development that was coming in. And of course, everyone was upset. Um, the Basically, the catalyst of what happened was there was a little a little band that, that had gotten rounded up um, that a developer had trapped, and there was a little baby that had gotten out, and she was uh, the people dragged her back in with bailing twine, and pictures were taken, and people were there, and um, everything went volatile, and um, basically we got uh, picked up by a group called American Wild Horse Preservation Campaign that came in to help us out, and they donated some money, and they helped with some uh, basically faxes to the governor's office, and he got about 1,700 faxes in 12 or 13 hours, and he was like, what's going on here? So he called the Department of Agriculture and said, you, you need to talk to these people. So to just make a long story short, we did go through the state legislature with the help of you know, a national organization, uh, and we were able to, uh, I went to the Department of Ag and I testified as an illegal feeder because I was illegal feeding at that time. And I said, I'd like to see this law change to where, number one, it is illegal to feed the wild horses. And number two, um, it, we wanted to get a management plan going uh, that was a local management plan that local people could help to build fences, find water sources, maybe do diversionary feeding, and it does include a birth control program. So the law was passed and the program started and we just are in the beginnings of that. And we didn't have much roundups for, uh, they didn't take any horses off the range um, unless they really need to be like they keep crossing the highway for a couple of years. And that's kind of where we where it all happened to where now if the horses do get rounded up, they don't have to go straight to the slaughter auction. Now, what exactly it says here, the article that I found says a small but vocal minority of Nevadans say that the horses on the Virginia range are all strays and were dumped from local ranches. But from what I mm -hmm. understand, that's not true. Well, that's that's the mantra that the local uh, people that don't want the horses used. Um, they all they all say that they come from the 102 ranch, which was a big ranch alongside the river, um, and they say that all uh, all the horses that are here came from just that ranch, or from people that don't want them that don't dump that dump them out into the desert. And I don't agree with that at all. Um, I've done several, you know tours and things in this area. Uh, is a pioneer area. The Donner Party came through here. All the a lot of pioneer parties came through here. Obviously, Interstate 80 is Donner Trail, so there's lots of reasons why there might be wild horses here. Um, you know, they were definitely abandoned by pioneers. Uh, the Paiute Indians, the Shoshone Indians, had them. Uh, the Pony Express runs right through here. So, you know, there's certainly lots of reasons that horses, wild horses, could be here, and they are all over Nevada, and they've been here forever. I won't say that there haven't been horses dumped because it's true. Um, I, we found them on the range with brands before, uh, but in reality, um, they are wild horses. Um, that is for sure. Well, you know, to me, it doesn't matter. They're out there and they need protection. Yeah. Um, so I agree. There, yeah. there, well, to me too, I mean, I see babies yeah, that are born out here. They babies that have been born out here and, their parents that have born out here. I've lived here 20 some odd years and you can't tell me that a horse that was born out here 20 years ago is not a wild horse. Uh, absolutely. Now there was a, a unique yeah. way that you guys held a recent adoption and this had to be something I, I read. Okay. There there's an adoption at a racetrack and you don't think anything of it until you realize 
No, we're talking about a car racetrack. Mm-hmm. How did right. that happen? Um, well, uh, what happened was we had a couple of bands that had been removed um, over in Carson City Mound House area uh, near Highway 50 due to someone that was feeding and watering them. And then we had a couple of another band that had been crossing Highway 395. And so they were removed. And um, they it, their time was up. So they, you know, they were taken by the Department of Agriculture. And once, once they're taken, they're taken down to the Carson City Prison. The, the stallions are gelded. They are branded with an N. They're microchipped. Um, and then they keep them for a little while, and then they call us and say, okay, you know, you need to come get them, or they'll go to Fallon. And so there's this very uh, dedicated group of people, several people, actually. Uh, Willis Lamb uh, got together with uh, Denise from the American Wild Horse Preservation Campaign and agreed to, um, she agreed to go ahead and pay their initial bail to uh basically adopt them, which is $125 so that we took over the, the, um, ownership of the horses. So we're able to get them adopted. And then there's another lady named Anna Orchard, who is kind of the de facto range uh, manager over here on our side of it. And she had worked with this man named Dan Simpson um, about a month or so earlier where a baby foal had been abandoned on his racetrack. And so he, uh, a conversation was made between them and Dan decided to step up and rather than us having to keep the horses at the prison while we did an adoption, which makes it difficult for people to see them um, and pick them up and so on and so forth, uh, Dan decided that since his track, which is a dirt track actually out in Fallon, um, was not being used and he saw no reason why we couldn't just modify it a little bit and put the horses there while we did an adoption, which would save us boarding fees at the prison and it would be a safer area for people to come and see the horses and also to mm -hmm. pick them up um, on an untimely manner. So um, uh, Willis worked with the uh, horse and man group for, uh, they did a drop in the bucket fund to help with some feeding and we had to do some panels and uh, Dr. Patrick Coletti from the Virginia Range Sanctuary um, stepped up to help with uh, buying some hay and some panels and to help Dan um, and it was really just a, a great group of people coming together to make a quick adoption. And how I got involved in that, frankly, was Willis called me up and said, I put you as an admin on this page. Uh, can you keep an eye on it? Um, so I am just a volunteer for all the groups. And I just started working the page. And we were very lucky and had some really wonderful people step up. Um, we did, you know, site inspections. I drove to a couple of places in California close by. Uh, we had an application process. We had a small committee uh, where we all discussed it, and we were lucky enough to get all but three of the horses adopted uh, before before New Year's. Oh, that's unbelievable. Now, I got to go back to something you talked about at the very beginning, and it probably has bad mm -hmm. news, but what happened to that black stallion that you fell in love with? He was just gone. Nope. Um, it was not bad news at all. In fact, back way back in 2012, the beginning of 13, um, the large uh, national group had donated the money. So uh, uh, Shannon from Wendell from the Hidden Valley Wild Horse Protection Fund went to the auction and bought the horses back. And the um, so all of the horses that were picked up in the last part of 2012 and 2013 and the beginning of 2013 were um, taken to uh, were were purchased back. Uh, they did not go to slaughter. They all were saved, and they most of them live on a ranch north of Reno um, that is uh, they're owned by Hidden Valley, and 
they live there. And so my horse, his name is Blackie Three Socks. His whole family lives there. They've lived there uh, now for the last four years. And um, so they're in, they're in a sanctuary. But unfortunately, because that sanctuary is full and Dr. Patrick Coletti of Virginia Rain Sanctuary has adopted personally himself two other bands um, from Virginia Range horses that had been picked up. And so we don't have a Virginia Range sanctuary per se, as there's land that is the Virginia Range sanctuary. Um, our goal for that is really to have the Virginia Range itself be a sanctuary, to allow the horses to stay there and live wild and free like they have all these many, many years before people came here. We just want to try to keep them free um, on the range. And technically, it's Story County. Uh, Nevada, because where they where I live in Reno, the the development is coming all the way up the hill. Pretty much, you know, it's gonna the horses can't be down here anymore because every speck of land that belongs to them is being taken up by houses. And the same thing's happening in the Carson City area. Um, so eventually, they'll probably just be up in Story County, and now, they won't be down here at all. You mentioned that they are doing some uh, birth control. Mm-hmm. And we do have a birth control program. Um, yeah, we do have a, a PZP birth control program on the Virginia range. It's um, only been, we've only been doing it since last September uh, or September 2015 is when we started. Uh, we have three certified daughters that went to the uh, school or the class in, I don't, it's not a school, the Science and Conservation Center uh, under Dr. J. Kirkpatrick, who invented it or, or developed the PZP program that's used in Assateague Island um, and uh, all kinds of other sanctuary, uh, HMAs and sanctuaries and zoos all around the world. Uh, we have three full-time darters and I am one of them, although I have a full-time job, so I'm not a full-time darter. Um, and we are, uh, you know, attempting to dart horses on the range, which is not, not an easy task, but we are doing it. I would say not, but good, good for you guys for doing it. We're, we're big firm believers in the, in the PZP program here on the show for sure, because it's just, they're either going to die or they're going to get darted. It's, it's the way it has to be, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I, I do yeah. want to say congratulations to all the awesome work you guys have been doing. I feel like the people of Nevada, like every Nevada resident must own like 47 Mustangs. <laughs> it's like they always come <laughs> in and save all of them. It's just amazing. Uh, very, very great. So where can people go and learn more help, whatever they need to do? Well, um, uh, certainly the Virginia Range Sanctuary, you can um, always email them to find out information. Um, we cannot, you can always just go on to our Facebook page for the, uh, for the horses right now. Unfortunately, we still have three horses that need homes. And unfortunately, if more horses get picked up uh, before the racetrack opens, we may have to do this again. Uh, you can always go to um, Least Resistance Training Concepts, which is Willis Lamb, LRTC. You can always go to Hidden Valley Wild Horse Protection uh, dot org. You can email me directly at wildmustangkelly dot gmail or at gmail dot com, and I'll be happy to answer questions. Um, there's just you know we uh, we work with Lacey J Dalton from Let Them Run Foundation. She lives here in Virginia City, and we all kind of work together in a kind of loosely uh, conglomerated group of people that are here all wanting the same thing, and that's to keep our mustangs wild and free on the range. Amen, sister. All right, Kelly Hyatt, thank you very much from the Virginia Range Sanctuary, vrsanctuary.org. Check them out on Facebook. You're doing a wonderful job, girl. Way to go. Thank you very much.
All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, you weren't expecting that answer. I was so happy. When you asked that question, oh. I thought, one question too many. <laughs> one oh, question no. too many. <laughs> yeah, but th- th- that that horse is the, all, like that horse was a catalyst for, for her to for get involved. Yeah. yeah, for all of it. And yeah. so, you know, even if he it, it had a, a sad ending, he saved a bunch of horses. So I was going to go that way with it. Like, no, oh, don't worry. It's okay. He saved a bunch. Of- oh, no, he's wild free. I was cringing. I was going, oh, <laughs> I, well, I had to ask. I know. I know. I just didn't know if I wanted to know the answer. <laughs> it's like, no, I never saw well, that horse again. But then, just, then it came out with a great answer. It was like a perfect I Monday. Know. There's so many people that just live normal lives like Kelly. She's living a normal life, going out, throwing apples out to the wild yeah. horses and things just your life can change in a minute when you start to get mad, you know, like, Hey, where's my horse? You know, is that your horse, but it's, where's my horse. And you go out there and then her life has changed and she's saving my thing. It's just so cool. So yep. cool. Yep. That's right. It just shows you one person can make a difference, you know? Yes. And in 1700 faxes, it's awesome. That's a bunch of people with fax machines. I don't yeah. even have one. Yeah. Of those. I was thinking, I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. I was thinking even four years ago, who had a fax machine? <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> All right. And, but that made them go, hey, what's going on here? Right. And that's that's kind of what happened got with the, the Salt River attention. Wild Horses. Got their attention. Hey, yeah. people got mad. Yeah. So awesome. Well, let's... I love it. I love a good story. <laughs> good job with that. Um, let's take a break for our song, Find Your Way by Fleur Magali. And then we're going to come back. We have uh, Leslie joining us from Horse Nation, of course, and some other things to talk. I have another cool show we started on that I wanted to tell you about, too, because it has a it has a horse connection. And I think they're kind of doing it right. So we'll be right back. Spread your wings and fly. Jump into the sky For the very first time You're gonna leave your sorrows behind As long as you stand on your feet No one else can pull you down Cause you are stronger than you know If
Floor Magali. You can find all of her music at floormagali.com or just search on iTunes. You'll find her there as well. She has a beautiful voice. You're listening to Horses in the Morning. I'm Glenda Geek here with Jamie Jennings and Coach Jen is in the producer chair as usual here on a Monday. We started watching, speaking of reviews, we started watching the BBC series Victoria. They're really getting into their historical dramas. Um, and of course, you know, there's there's the one called The Crown, which is about Queen Elizabeth, the current queen, uh, and her early days. But this was about Queen Victoria, who started in the 1830s. And, you know, she comes to the throne when she's 18 years old, has no idea what she's doing, kind of a kid. And the thing that was impressive about it, it's your, it's this this one is your typical BBC drama. It's very it's very well done, and they try and get it period correct. And of course, they have all of these fancy uh, castles that they can film it in that are really cool. But the street scenes is what impressed us the most. I have never uh, Jennifer can back me up on this. I have never seen so many horses and so much activity in street scenes in a TV show like this. And no, went, I'm. I was away for a second. What TV show are you talking this about? This is Victoria. It's the one about Queen Victoria that the BBC is putting out now. Okay. And it's set in the 1830s, is when she came to the throne at the age of 18. But the street scenes, she she rides side saddle, and the street scenes are a lot of horses. And I, you know, as a matter of fact, the CGI at some of the scenes is kind of you know mediocre CGI. I, I would say, you know, uh, college kid CGI, but the street, it's because they spent all their money on horses. And there were just some scenes with horses everywhere. And the first time I've ever seen this, and Jennifer can back me up, when they did the city scenes, there was poop in the streets. Horse poop in the streets. Never seen that before. The TV no, show. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, they really are making this realistic. There was horse poop in the streets. You know, that is, are you done talking about the story? Because that brings up a new story that I have. Yeah, go ahead. The title of the article in this news story, and this is on Fox News. Fox News. The title of the article is, When Horse Diapers and Freedom of Religion Collide. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess the honest. <laughs> <laughs> Horse diapers have been thrust into the debate over religious freedom. Two Amish men in Auburn, Kentucky, filed a lawsuit last month saying a city ordinance requiring horse to wear equine diapers violated the ability of Amish residents to exercise their religion. Is it a religious freedom to let their horse poop on the streets? First Apparently. of all, I, <laughs> poop on the streets doesn't bother me. But I thought ours do funny. it all the time when we're on the streets. <laughs> exactly. I don't go out and clean that up off the road. The new law, which said this, the city said was spurred by complaints from neighbors about horse manure, requires a 
quote, properly fitted collection device to be placed <laughs> on all horses walking in the streets. Residents of Auburn say the issue has divided the town of about 1,300 for years. Poop's <laughs> <laughs> a big issue there. <laughs> Last year, after a jury found Dan Mast guilty of violating the ordinance, he refused to pay the $193 fine and spent 10 days in jail. Wow, Dan. For horses you really are on the street. believer. <laughs> Let's see. Last month, Mr. Mass, 27 years old, and another Amish plaintiff filed a lawsuit against the city of Auburn, its mayor and police chief, in which they argue the law is intended to prosecute the Amish based on religious beliefs. I'm still looking in the article for how this violates religious beliefs. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that in the Bible. Horse poop doesn't bother me, but the plaintiffs are members of the old order Schwarzentruber Amish religion, one of the most conservative Amish orders. They believe in shunning things that are of the world, the lawsuit says, including technology that some Amish groups accept, like fax machines, LED lights, and gas-powered refrigerators. Before the ordinance passed in 2014, the community elders decided that equine diapers would not be permitted by the Schwarzentruber Church. That's too technolo- technological for them. It's a bag. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this because, you know, I, you know me, I'm always at snowball rolling down the hill. And then next we're going to be riding out in our streets with diapers on our horses. Uh, so I don't, I'm not quite sure how True. I feel about this. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if technically, right, if they're required that you're riding your horse out in the street, you're going to have to wear diapers. How do those things work anyway? They fit. I, I don't know, but if you put a bag behind the I mean in a harness you there's a place to hook it to but if you don't have how would you Jennifer do you have any idea <laughs> I don't know but that sounds like a segment for the driving radio show Yeah well I know yes. how they work I've seen them connected to the back of harness but harness you have all the breaching that comes around the back what would you do with the saddle We can all put I breaching know on a saddle Yeah is that every time Joey gets ridden he gets walked down the driveway and he poops in my driveway Yep and if I were yep. to be like mm, you need a diaper on Joey and then he pooped on the driveway and then a bag of poop would bang him in the back of the cannon bones he'd be in Texas You'd be taking Again, a quick ride another around horse the neighborhood. in Texas <laughs> another Texas Now we know where the wild horses in Texas came from This exactly. by the way has been a conversation I grew up in Lancaster County Pennsylvania and of course you know we're talking 30 40 years ago this is was the conversation back then in towns in Lancaster County. And, you know, Lancaster County has more, I, I would think. But then this is a community of 1,300. They have nothing else to bitch about except the poop in the road. This is it. This is all they talk about all day is the poop in the road. And this is the thing that's been driving them crazy for years. It's like... <laughs> and the police guy, the police chief has nothing to do. There's nothing to do in a town of 1,300. So he, he needs somebody to find. And... To, <laughs> They're bored. They really are. They're just really, really <laughs> bored. There's no crime. Nothing's happening. And you think, too, like, okay, so half of the city is Amish. There's 1,300 Amish. How many horses are out on the streets at any given time? Probably not many. This is really doesn't sound Although, like Although, I got to tell you, when, it, when, you know, growing up again in Leicester County, on Church Day Sunday, and if you were trying to drive from one town to the other, you, may, you might pass 25 buggies. Uh, you know, but that's an exception. It's Sunday. And that's the only day that really happens. But it sounds like so, they're going to they're gonna probably have to go all the way around town. <laughs> I've got it. Diapers on Sunday. That's Diapers on get. Sunday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, 
I don't know how I feel about that story. Well, let's. Uh, I, well, I just thought the, I, the uh, that it's on Fox News, and the title of the article are, is "When Horse Diapers and Freedom of Religion Collide." I didn't have to read anymore. It was no. awesome the way it was. No, that was one of those titles. You're exactly right. That was one of those titles. Well, we're gonna. Try, <laughs> we're gonna. I'm trying to round up Leslie here so we can. Hey, Leslie. Hi. Leslie Wiley with Horse Nation joins us <laughs> as usual on Monday for the wacky world of horses. So mm. what's going on? Did you survive the storms there in Tennessee? Yeah, we sure did. We didn't really. We got we got um had a actually pretty lovely weekend, a weirdly warm weekend, but uh quite lovely. So you missed all of the 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 stuff that went on in Mississippi and Georgia? Yeah, thank like thank goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Poor, poor folks. Well, good. I saw you didn't sleep at all last night because uh, you were sending me uh, the emails at five in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm an, a bit of an insomniac, and but usually it's you know I go to bed early and then I wake up. I have a four a.m. rule. If I wake up before four a.m., then I have to stay in bed. If I wake up after, then I can get up and start working. That's the same the that rule I have. It's exactly Is the it same. Really? Yep, four o'clock. <laughs> How funny! But mine's four thirty. Four thirty. Only because she has to. <laughs> I sleep in. Um, but yeah, this this morning I I well I went to bed at ten thirty, woke up at half past midnight, and I was like, oh, please let it be, you know, please let it be like four or five, and I rolled over and saw the time, and I was like, no, and then I just couldn't. And then I made the mistake of picking up my phone oh, and bad. starting to read the news. And, and now, then what, I just let's got- be honest. Let's be honest about why you couldn't sleep. It's because you were so unbelievably excited that the Atlanta Falcons are going to the, to the uh, Super Bowl. Oh, is, is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, no that's the sport with the football footballs. <laughs> It's okay. I actually almost, I almost said that they're going to the World Series. Yes, I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let her kid you. She watches one game a year, and that's only if Atlanta's in like the the in the finals. That's it. Uh, We watched Chad and I watched the last three quarters of the game, and then there was like another playoff game on. And Chad's like, "Aren't you going to watch that game too?" And I said, honey, I've seen my football for the Yeah, the now year. she has to watch the Super Bowl. Now she has to watch the Super Bowl. Now I have to. <laughs> well, now that now that Peyton Manning is retired, football is dead to me. So he was the only reason I followed it before. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get started with your list of things to chat about, I got a podcast that you have to listen to. Oh, yeah. This one's called Tough Girl Podcast. And mm-hmm. it is... This lady has the uh, toughgirlchallenges.com website, and she talks to just what it sounds like, women who have done unbelievably difficult things. Let Mm -hmm. me let me jump in here and say that I started looking and um, one is the fastest woman to cycle the world, a diabetic that is a runner, an endurance runner, an endurance cyclist, a woman who has climbed both sides of Mount Everest, another woman who survived the island with bear grills and is the two time world record holder for rowing across the Atlantic, another married mother of three who came the first British woman 
to run this marathon. I, I mean, these women are amazing. And then Whoa. they want to, they want to, they want to talk to Leslie. Yeah, they want to talk to Leslie when you're done with the uh, when you're done with the Mongol Derby this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. This seems. This actually. Yeah. This seems inspiring. I will definitely. Well, you know what? That's not definitely. what. That's t- Jennifer. Be honest and tell tell everybody what you said about this before we started the show. I'm sorry, start at the beginning of the question. Tell everybody what you said about this podcast, Tough Girl Podcast, and about listening to it. Before we started the show, you and Jamie were talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, I can't listen to this. I cannot listen to this podcast because all it's going to do is make me feel even more inadequate than I do now. I need to watch The Biggest Loser. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's going to help myself. Here I thought the audience would be inspired by these tremendous women who have done unbelievably difficult things. And then Jamie and her are gone. I'm not listening to that. It's going to make me you feel way like way overestimate loser. my sense of self. <laughs> I'm like, man, these women are amazing. Yeah, I'm not listening to that. I'll just feel like crap. <laughs> uh, maybe that's, maybe her, num- I don't know how her numbers are. But I've never, I have talked to her by, by just once or twice by email. But I wonder if her numbers are limited by women who will not listen just because of that. Because they don't want to feel like crap about themselves, like the woman who climbed both sides of Mount Everest. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's Kate <laughs> Leeming, Australian cycle enthusiast, educator, and first woman to cycle across Russia. Like, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> I have a hard time getting my second cup of coffee because it's so far away. Well, anyway, you're on the list to talk to after you get back with the Mongol Derby, because I don't think she's ever talked to anybody from the Mongol Derby yet. So make it back from the Mongol Derby when I make it back. (laughs) Did I say when? Did I say if? You said when, and I and I. (laughs) Did I say if you make it back? I'm sorry. Okay, um, by the way, uh, Helene Neville, 55 years old, cancer survivor, grandmother, and she ran the perimeter of the United States. Good perimeter? Lord, the perimeter of the United States. (laughs) God, where does she find these women? Oh, my God. They they exist? I need to hang out at REI more. (laughs) Exactly. That's where they exist, too, right there. Toughgirlchallenges.com is where, and it's a Tough Girl podcast on your podcast players. I've given her a free plug here because, my God. <laughs> oh, here, I can, get, I can get in bed with this. Tanith Facey, who went from the couch to running the London Marathon. I'm with you on the couch, girl. <laughs> with you on that part. Wow. Tell us about Fantasy Farm Thursday. Rent your fantasy by the day on a new app. So what's that about? Yeah, well, you know, um, uh, Lorraine often features these fantasy farm, uh, fantasy farm features that it's just like, you know, kind of like a Barbie dream bar and that you could never afford, but it's pretty to look at. And, um, but she recently found this app called Staller that's kind of like an Airbnb for, um, an Airbnb for horses. Um, it's mostly in, I think it's all in Florida right now. Um, but you can kind of put in like what dates you're going and what area you're going to, like maybe what horse show you're attending and it'll pull up, um, you know, places that you can board your horse or farms you can rent like for a short, short or long duration, um, you know, stalls for rent. Um, so that's pretty cool. Wow. I, I, I've never heard of this before. 
I'm actually going yeah. in right now and seeing what we have here in Ocala area. Now, yeah. now, is it does it include a place for you to stay, or is it just your stalls? I think it's just just uh, just stalls. Yeah. Oh, you can even do it by event. Yeah. You can put in like I just put in Live Oak International, which is a big. Huh. Oh, and here I just pulled up. Uh, yeah, I pulled up a whole bunch here in uh, the Ocala area. Isn't that cool? I love Airbnb, so like I use Airbnb all the time if I can when I travel. So, um, can I so just say that board's like expensive one. in Ocala? <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet it is. I bet it's even more expensive if right you look now. at the Wellington listings. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't do that. That'd be a good one. Let me look at Wellington. Well, it's averaging five hundred dollars a month here. Yeah. Uh, West P- Wellington. Here we go. Let's search that. That that'll be good. Oh, I have to select an event. Global dressage. Let's see. Oh, tw- two thousand a month, twenty five hundred a month, twenty five hundred a month, four thousand sixty dollars a month. Is that for one stall? One a stall. Wee. Yep, that sounds about <laughs> right. But it doesn't have a chandelier in it, probably. Oh, here's a cheap one, four fifty. Well, that must be a dump. Wow, there's some expensive places down in Wellington. Mm-hmm. So this is this is cool. It's called the Staller app, which I didn't know what that meant at first until I finally correlated to a stall, you know, and then it made sense. Yeah, the Staller app. Well, that's cool. Never heard of that cool. before. Yeah, yeah, me neither. It's kind of like you can, you know, you could sort of take up in a real fancy barn for a weekend and you know play play like it's your, you know, have a little fantasy farm getaway. That's right. <laughs> I saw you guys highlighted the video that has now 8 million views of the girl going around the the walker uh, on her butt oh, yeah. or on her little sled getting pulled around the walker in the snow. That was so That looks pretty fun. Yeah, it did look fun actually. <laughs> We've actually this is not the first time that um we have seen hot walkers used in uh to entertain children. Um <laughs> there was if you remember the the, the time swing. Uh, the swing, yep, when they put the little baby seat up and just let the horse, let the kid, uh, you know, kind of ride around. Um, I think there's like a horse on it too in, in the in the video. And then and then there was another one where they hooked up a stroller and just let, let it drag the stroller around in circles. <laughs> totally <laughs> what I would do you. if I had a hot walker. <laughs> you need to just make a little <laughs> harness for Lucas and then, you know, get yourself a hot walker and he could just be entertained for hours. Yeah, yeah. Either that or oh, be throwing up everywhere. It. I'm not sure which. Might be both. <laughs> I can't believe that has 8 million views now. Uh, and what about Earthy Gray? Earthy Gray. I think this is a really um, an, uh, uh, um, interesting new way of describing uh, Dirty Horse. <laughs> um <laughs> A dirty, dirty gray horse. Um, yeah, Maria um, wrote this one up and um, called it Earthy Gray, this season's hottest hue. Um, you know, why call your horse, uh, you know, your gray horse, uh, you know, just muddy gray horse when you could sort of reframe it as, um, you know, a blank canvas for all the shades of Earthy Gray, green, brown, dark brown. Red, yellow. Well, that's and, what and, the people and, that make breeches do, right? Like carrots is always coming up with these yeah. colors. You go, 
What the hell is that? That's yeah. not a color. Like, it looks brown to me. No, <laughs> exactly. this is earthy gray. It's very sophisticated on the on the color palette, the winter wintry color pa- color palette. The pigments <laughs> of each shade are derived from only 100% natural ingredients: fresh manure, mud, dried manure, clay, and pesticide-free urine. <laughs> All very organic. All very organic. The world is very organic these days. It's all going to it, though. Very artisanal horse colors. (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you, one of my favorite articles on Horse Nation last week was the 12 months of riding. People need to check that one out. You need to go check out the 12 months of riding. And it just goes to show that that no matter what, we'll find things to bitch about every single month. (laughs) Just That's what I got out of that, right? Uh, You finally get the summer and then the flies are here. You know, it's just, it it was a very good article, actually. I think Kristen might have done that one too. Yeah, it was very funny. It's called The 12 Months of Riding. You have to go to horsenation.com and Uh, check that one out. It was worth it. (laughs) It's funny. funny. And it it is so true. We do find all of these things to complain about, don't we? Yeah. Every month there's something different. That's like, right. Oh, it's so hot. It's so cold. <laughs> it's so buggy. Allergy. Dried leaves. They spook my horse. Dried leaves. Yeah. The days are short. So when's your first? Uh, when do you start getting out and about? Uh, well, first we have to ask the mandatory weekly question: Have you started working out yet for the Mongol Derby? I have. I've been working out. I've been working out, um, and I had I met a Mongolian, an actual real live Mongolian person, and uh, had a meeting with them last week, um, which was pretty exciting. Are you making Cuban that restaurant. up? No, he is an expert Mongolian archer and equestrian. He does oh like God. the crazy nomad games, and. Um, I, he doesn't even speak English. Like we had to have a translator there, but it was fantastic. Like, Who do you call he, MongolTranslators.com? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? There's an app for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a weird, like friend of a friend connection. They're like, Oh, you got to meet this guy. And, um, what'd you learn? Was, Tell us all about it. Oh man. He told me basically the two things that I really was, was wanted to, he, him to educate me on were one, what are the differences between, you know, the sort of riding we do and uh, the sort of ride, you know, how do you ride a Mongol horse? And he's like, Oh, it's completely different. Like if you try and ride it, like the horse you have now, it's not going to know what you're doing. Um, He said, you know, he's, he's sort of like, he took the, like the straps of, um, his wife's purse and was showing me how to hold the reins and steer. And it's, uh, it's a lot about, you know, weight and balance and kind of, uh, you know, leaning one way more that more so than like using your reins to point the horse's nose in one direction. Yeah. Isn't that another. kind of a suggestion, the direction you want them to go? A suggestion. Yeah, yeah. I would say a loose, <laughs> loose uh, suggestion. So you ride it like a motorcycle, you lean into it. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. Apparently that is the way. Um, And he also gave me some pointers on how not to embarrass myself um, (laughs) as a guest of the nomadic family. Oh, tell us about that. What are you not allowed to do? (laughs) Um, There are certain things that, like, you shouldn't. uh, He said, you know, they're just very certain things you shouldn't, like, point at. 
which I can't really remember right now, but he drew me a picture. Um, he told me how to, he said that they're a big drinking culture and that, um, you'll fit right some, in. You'll be perfect. <laughs> he actually showed me like, there's this really cute way. If you don't, if you're, if you're done drinking, you, you're, you, because they will just like keep, you know, keep feeding you the booze apparently. And, um, he said when you, you know, when you're ready to cut yourself off, um, there's this like really cute way of do, like you take the, you, cause it's kind of rude not to accept it. You like, but you kind of like dip your finger in, in, and then you like hold it in the air and then you like press it to your, your fingers to your lips and, um, and then you like put in the, then you put the glass down. They're like, that's a way of like showing, I guess, graciousness. You're done. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. good to know. Well, and and if done. you're too drunk and can't hit your lips, they Cut just keep off. pouring. Yeah. 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 So did he, did he teach you key phrases like, <clears throat> please don't murder me. I'm just here for the <laughs> uh, night. I'm not going to live here forever. Those things. <laughs> No, no. And you may want to have another meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, he said, you know, he's like, well, it's not uncommon for, you know, uh, they, they don't really knock when they open doors. So if, a, you know, if like one of the family members comes in your yurt in the middle of the night, it's probably it's just to like, you know, restoke your fire, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, whoop. OK, well, all right. I would still not sleeping naked oh, there, are you sleeping naked? <laughs> <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. Fully dressed um. <laughs> at all times. Awesome. Did he talk anything yeah. about the fermented mare's milk? He did mention it. Okay. Um, he did mention it, but yeah. he didn't really uh, steer me one way or the other. I think it's something you probably have to experience, but maybe in very, very moderate amounts, because I cannot imagine anything worse than like being hungover and you've got to be in the saddle the next day for 13 hours I, and on a crazy pony whose whose one goal in life is for you not to be there yeah yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh what an awesome adventure you're gonna yeah. have oh my gosh <laughs> what an awesome adventure. so just loose <laughs> steering things so you basically don't use any leg because they don't they don't get it right no spurs because no. they're just gonna buck you off or yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. do use you do use um your legs a little bit. You use your legs. You use your weight. You just kind of avoid using Compact. your hands too yeah. much. And he said, you know, holding your reins in one hand is the way to go. And because he said that's what they're sort of used to, because they're so their free hand they can use to, you know, traditionally like I don't know, sh you know, sh shoot a bow. hunt or yeah. you know, I don't know, whatever. Whatever you need to do, scoopa, you know, scoopa. What is the goat polo that they like to play? They oh, like scoop yeah. a goat across uh, up off the ground and try and chuck it in the goal. I don't know. Woo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did well, you learn? Did you learn how to shoot an arrow in case you are mugged on the way? You're going to bring a bow and arrow along? Did he teach you? Yeah, probably so. Like yeah. Hunger Games style. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. I think yeah. you could get away. Go, with that. Cat, go all Katniss on it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to work on that. And did he say <laughs> anything skill. about you exercising yet? I noticed you brushed right over that. And didn't, uh... well, I mean, I I sort of I'm an exerciser anyway. I do CrossFit. I you know, like I I ran, I run. Uh, I went hiking from yesterday. the bedroom to the kitchen. 
<laughs> it was a real mountain. Oh, okay. Just checking. Yeah. All right. No. We got to keep. We got to. You're representing us here. We got to make yeah. sure you represent well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You have yeah, ten thousand coaches all out there listening right now. So, <laughs> just and ninety thousand uh, fans on your page. So there you go. <laughs> no. Yep. Have you written about this at all on your page? No, no, that's that's coming very soon though. That's, uh, that's I noticed something. you haven't. I, I, you're not speak. backing out too, are you? You're, you're sticking. Oh with no, it. no, I'm all uh, in good. for better or worse. Mm, good, good. You're our sole representative now. Jamie's going to go coach you from the air in a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let me do it in a truck. <laughs> Yeah. All right, good. Well, I'm glad you got to talk to somebody from over there. That helped, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was actually, yeah, it was super helpful. Um, very much. And he was he was lovely. And, and like, and they, I think they're very warm and accommodating people. So, um, so well, for the next yeah. time you're on, when you're on next week, I will have, there's that band that we've talked about that has the name Horse Radio in Mongolia. That's the name of the band. I will oh. find some music from Horse Radio. Okay. I doubt they'll sue me. So I'll find some music from Horse Radio, and we'll play it for you just to get you in the mood. Oh, next week. Oh, that's I'm her so new intro music until she Oh, comes that's in. it. That's what I'll do. Perfect. Thank you, oh, Jamie. You're yeah. brilliant. You're such a genius. That's what yeah. I mean. Write that down, Jennifer. <laughs> I think we have all these great ideas like every week and then we just forget about them. <laughs> By next week. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Thank you, Leslie. Uh, you guys have a great week. All right. HorseNation.com. You go, girl. <laughs> oh, she's so going to get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not murder me. <laughs> she that needs, that needs to be a horse radio song. Is she allowed you to just carry like mace it. or anything, pepper spray, something? Over in my go- How- I'm not worried about the the indigenous Mongolian people. No. You know, those people are I'm worried probably about their like horses. Good, <laughs> solid people. Yeah, you're worried about their horses. I'm worried about like marauders. Like, yes. <laughs> there's got to be bad guys around there. Well, they did say they were having a problem. That's why they encouraged everybody to ride in groups with motorcycle gangs. That would. Uh, nice. That a uh, couple of them were getting mugged by motorcycle gangs, which is why they went. Now that just means they mugged three of you at a time, right? I don't. I understand. I guess it's still better to be in a group than uh, than not in a group. So <laughs> she's my superhero. <laughs> she is. She's gonna be on. She's gonna be on. What's the name of that podcast again? Tough Girl Podcast. Can you yeah, believe what some like... of these women have done? I was just reading some of them while you got me reading the list here, and it's like, oh my god. Those are like, like how many, I mean, there's a lot of amazing women, but like she set the bar so high in her guests. How is she ever going to have any more guests? Like how many (laughs) more women have four daughters, four degrees, own two companies and have won the world judo championships? Well, Anne Maria Del Mars has. Yeah. (laughs) She covers a little bit of everything on her shows. It's not just, uh, you know, the ones I don't get, maybe because I'm not such a, I'm not such a good swimmers are like this woman sw- swam the English channel twice. I just like, I, I did it once. You know what? I really want to do that again. Yeah. I, I wasn't good no. enough. Let's just do that again. <laughs> just, oh man. Skied oh, alone. Woman. Here's one. She skied alone across Antarctica in 2012. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> okay, does everybody feel like inadequate now? Wait, hold on. There's Philippa Cox who cycled from the most northern point in Norway to the most southern point in Spain, 5,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and, right behind you, girl. And this lady she did is, go downhill the whole time, so. is training for the Ice Maiden Challenge. And I don't know what that is, but if it has the name Ice Maiden Challenge, I'm out. Well, first of all, it's Maiden, but it had ice in the title, too. So There's a Guinness World Record holder named Amy Hughes who ran 521 miles on a treadmill in one week. Why would you do that? <laughs> she, she doesn't like the outdoors. The sun's too hard. <laughs> Just, I mean, you're amazing. Why would you do that? <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. 